buckle up your seatbelts. It's time for the RPM Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah DeLuke. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the RPM Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah DeLuke, and today I'm here with President and CEO of Alzheimer's New Jersey, Ken Zames. How are you doing today, Ken? I'm good, Sarah. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, to our audience, I just wanted to give a heads up if the sound quality isn't what it was uh, to our last interviews um, that we've had. It's, you know, as we all know, we're in the middle of COVID right now. So we are actually doing this over Zoom. Um, and uh, Ken and I are talking through the computer. So if, uh, if it sounds a little spotty, I hope that you can stay along with us and, and keep interested. Um, so, Ken, do you want to tell us a little bit about Alzheimer's New Jersey, you know, how it started and, and a little bit of a background about it? Sure. So, um, so we're a community-based organization. Um, you know, we are um, independent of any national organization. Our, our goal and our mission is to provide programs and services and, and be here to support New Jersey families that are impacted by Alzheimer's disease. Um, the unique thing about us as an organization is that, you know, like many charities, um, you know, we're 100% dependent on charitable contributions. That's not so unique. Um, but, the, but we, you know, because we're a New Jersey-based organization, um, because, um, you know, we know the state, our, you know, our, our staff, um, you know, know the state, the 100% the of our resources in terms of donor contributions as well as our you know the the work of our volunteers are all all focused on you know our own state um you know here in new jersey yeah so it's it's a great organization and um i just wanted to let our listeners know what one of the reasons we are speaking with ken today is that it is alzheimer's awareness month as well as the fact that with our give back charter at rpm raceway um, we, you know, like to raise money or work with different organizations uh, for CARES, which stands for Cancer, Alzheimer's, Recovery, and those in need. So it was, uh, it was, that's one of our core, um, you know, sectors that we feel is our responsibility to help out as a company and that we feel passionate about. Um, can you give us a brief description of what Alzheimer's disease is like and you know, not only how it affects the patients, but how it affects the families and people around them as well. Sure. Well, you know, as I said, we're a New Jersey-focused organization, and the impact of Alzheimer's disease in New Jersey is huge. There are approximately 180,000 people in New Jersey um, who have Alzheimer's disease, and if you include their caregivers, and it generally is more than one caregiver caring for someone with Alzheimer's, then we're talking about an impact of about 600,000 people just in our own state. Um, New Jersey has one of the highest percentages of um, population over the age of 65. And while Alzheimer's disease is not a normal part of the aging process, aging is the biggest risk factor for the disease. We know that about 10% of people over the age of 65 have Alzheimer's. So when you look at New Jersey's over 65 population, as I said, and you apply those percentages, 
you know, you see where that, that huge number of 180,000 um, people with the disease and over 400,000 caregivers um, comes from. So it, it's a huge impact. It's a, you know, most, a lot of people think of Alzheimer's disease as memory loss. Um, and that is part of the disease. But the important thing to understand is that it's a neurological disease the the nerve cells the neurons in the brain are are dying they alzheimer the disease process interrupts the communication between nerve cells and the brain physically changes um, as nerve cells die the brain you know the brain actually gets smaller and so when you think that the brain is the nerve center the brain controls everything in the very beginning stages of the disease we're talking about memory loss, but as the disease progresses, people who have Alzheimer's lose the ability to perform um, general activities of daily living. So dressing and bathing um, and eating and all of the things that we just, I mean, we don't even think about during the day. We just take that for granted. Those are the abilities that the person with Alzheimer's disease loses. I think the other thing that sometimes shocks people is that Alzheimer's is a terminal illness. It happens to be the sixth leading cause of death, not only in New Jersey, but across the country. And um, so it's, you know, someone who has Alzheimer's disease, the average lifespan is about eight years. Um, so you can see the impact that that takes on caregivers when not only does the relationship change between the person with the disease and, and maybe it's their partner, you know, their spouse or, or, you know, or an adult child or a grandchild. So losing those connections has a tremendous emotional impact on caregivers. It has a tremendous, um, puts tr tremendous financial stress on families. Um, and of course, you know, you're, you know, you, you're caring for someone who, is losing their ability to, to connect and to communicate. So um, it becomes very, very difficult on, you know, for the caregiver and of course, for the person with the disease. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an extremely, extremely sad disease. I, it has actually touched me personally. My mm. grandmother has Alzheimer's and it's really sad. She's, she's pretty far along and mostly nonverbal. So I definitely, have seen the effects myself, and um, I'm sure some of our listeners out there have have been touched by it as well. So it is. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sure they have. We we actually, you know, we um, Alzheimer's New Jersey did a, a survey um, about two years ago, and among the results, um, we learned that 68 percent of uh, the respondents, so 68% of people in New Jersey said that they either um, knew someone currently or had known someone who, who had Alzheimer's or, or another form of dementia. So these are huge numbers. You know, the impact on our state is, is, really, um, is really tremendous. Yeah, that's, that's, that's shocking. I, I didn't know that statistic. That's, that's a lot. And um, it's definitely, you know, uh, hard on a lot of the families and um, and the caregivers. So uh, what type of support do you provide to the families that are struggling with an Alzheimer's disease diagnosis? Well, it, our, our services include a telephone helpline. 
So um, we get calls all day, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, and we take calls for, um, with all kinds of questions, questions about the disease. Um, we try to help caregivers problem solve, um, you know, certain situations that they may be facing and they're not sure how to handle. Sometimes caregivers just need a voice, um, you know, someone to, to provide some, you know, some comfort and support to them. Um, so the, um, we also, you know, try to educate caregivers about how to find the right resources, how to get a diagnosis, you know, what is, what should they be looking for, um, you know, what, or what should they expect when they suspect that their loved one has Alzheimer's and what does the diagnostic process include. Um, we also run um, through our staff and trained volunteers a number of support groups. Support groups are are really important. They're a way for caregivers to connect and support each other. Um, they're also a way to network. Sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with a long-term terminal illness as the caregiver, your, your friends, kind of, sometimes they disappear, not because they don't care, but because they sometimes don't know what to do or say. And as human beings, sometimes when we don't know what to do or say, we don't do or say anything sometimes. And plus, when you can't do the same as a caregiver, when you get disconnected from your social network because you can no longer, you know, go to RPM Raceway with them or, or you know, go bowling or, you know, or play bridge because your focus is on being a caregiver, you lose those connections. So support groups a lot of times can not only, as I said, be places for support, for connection, but for networking. Um, and to know that you're not alone and to make new friends who you have a lot in common with, unfortunately, because you're all going through the same thing. Um, then we provide a, um, a great deal of, um, of education. Um, caregivers tell us frequently that if they could just understand the disease a little bit better and be more prepared to handle and plan for what comes next, they would feel more comfortable. So we do a number, well, we provide a number of programs on um, a general introduction to the disease. Um, topics include how to deal with challenging behaviors, um, communication skills for caregivers when your loved one has Alzheimer's disease. Um, so those are just, you know, some of the topics that, you know, that we do on the education side. We have a respite care and wellness program that um, teaches caregivers about the value of getting time off or a break for themselves. Um, you know, many, many times caregivers develop stress-related illnesses. Um, sometimes it's as bad as heart attack or stroke just from the stress of caregiving. So teaching caregivers about the importance of getting a little time off for themselves and providing some, um, you know, some financial resources for caregivers to be able to access those opportunities in the community are, are another part of, of uh, you know, of what we do. So, um, so the whole focus on, you know, on support, um, education and, and resources. Um, and of course, we also, you know, we also um, are involved in um, advocacy and public policy, um, including, you know, um, supporting um, increased research for, um, you know, for on the science side so that we can, you know, find more of the answers and someday have a way to slow down the disease and, and then hopefully stop it. 
Um, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of great things. And um, just uh, if anyone out there is, you know, looking for any of these resources, they could find it on your website, correct? They can. It's um, alznj.org. Um, you can find resources, schedules of programs, um, support group schedules. Um, you know, they can, um, you know, they can call our, you know, our helpline, um, which you can also find on, you know, on the website. Um, we even have, you know, we've done, um, because of COVID-19 back, you know, going back to March, you know, we had to stop doing in-person programming. So a lot of our programs right now, all of our programs actually, um, our support groups and our education programs are all either by phone um, or um, by, um, you know, by webinar. And um, we have not only are the programs that, are there programs that we've done as staff, but we have experts in the community who have done programs for us as guest speakers and a number of those are recorded. And so those are on our website as well. So there, there are lots and lots of resources, um, you know, that can be helpful for, you know, for caregivers. Great. And uh, that was actually going to be my next topic was to talk about, you know, COVID-19. You know, we're all dealing with it. We uh, brought it up earlier and you brought up kind of a little bit how it's affected Alzheimer's New Jersey. You want to talk a little bit about how, you know, it's, it affects families and whatnot. During sure, sure. Well, I think... Um, you know, from the, the standpoint of, of how we have approached our mission in, you know, in the COVID environment is just as I said, you know, we pretty rapidly um, learned to become experts on, you know, using the phone um, and using, um, you know, using uh, technology, particularly um, the web to deliver programming. And, um, and that's, you know, we've been able, if you, if there's a silver lining, I mean, in some ways we've been able to expand some things. We've been able to involve more guest speakers, as I mentioned, than we've ever been able to do that before. I mean, there's no substitute for in-person, um, but I think we've done a really good job of trying not to miss a beat in terms of continuing to, you know, to deliver, um, you know, support services, even though we're doing it in a different way. Um, you know, from we're an organization that is um, almost completely dependent on charitable contributions. That's been a big challenge. Um, you know, back in the spring, we, you know, we had to cancel, you know, our gala, we canceled our golf event, we canceled our annual education and research conference for healthcare professionals. Um, you know, as many organizations and businesses, you know, had to cancel things. Um, you know, we rolled into the fall. We have five walk events in the fall. Um, we ended up canceling all of them, um, again, for the same reason, but we were able to put a virtual event together. Um, so, you know, we've tried to do things differently, but as you can imagine, you know, not having the live events um, and, and the general, you know, the general state of the economy hurts nonprofit organizations. So it's, you know, we're, it's definitely a challenge and you know, the event that um, um, that RPM is doing for us and, you know, helping to promote us during November is always important and it's always appreciated, but it's appreciated all the more with the challenges that we all face with COVID. Um, from the standpoint of caregivers, um, unfortunately, caregivers of, of uh, people who have Alzheimer's disease are 
you know, are used to being isolated and alone. It can be a very disconnecting disease, as I mentioned earlier, even disconnecting people from their friends. But COVID has made that even harder. So the emotional um, and financial stress that caregivers always face, you know, has been compounded by COVID. Even the even the small routines that you know that caregivers engaged in with the person with the disease, they you know have been curtailed. Um, for example, um, you know, medical adult day centers where where the person with the disease might have gone a couple of days a week or five days a week, those are still closed. Um, even you know, uh, and and I and a lot of times because of the the cognitive deficits brought about by Alzheimer's, explaining to someone with Alzheimer's about wearing a mask and washing their hands becomes very, very challenging and puts more stress on, on caregivers. Um, and then for caregivers whose um, partners, loved ones, spouses are in long-term care, a nursing home or an assisted living, you know, the lockdown has put even more stress on them because their ability to, to visit their loved one who is really totally dependent on them, whether they're, even though they're in residential care, that's been very limited. And, um, you know, one of the things that we've been trying to help caregivers with is to navigate that because um, that, you know, not being able to visit your loved one who has this terminal illness and, and is in residential care, it's creating um, not only more stress naturally for the caregiver, but it's actually creating other health problems for the person who has Alzheimer's disease. So, um, so there's a lot of complications and a lot of additional stress that, you know, that COVID has put on the, you know, the caregiver of the person with Alzheimer's, but obviously the person who has the disease as well. Wow. Yeah, I can, I cannot even imagine, you know, what it's, what it's like to be directly in contact either, you know, with, with someone who has it or, or the stress on a caregiver that, that is definitely a lot, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a lot going on. Uh, and I want to bring up now um, how people can help contribute to this organization. Um, like I said, we are uh, taking donations of, uh, on behalf of our customers and we'll be donating it at the end of the month. So if anyone is interested in donating to Alzheimer's New Jersey, you can check out our um, Instagram and the top link in our link tree is a donation link. We also have a, uh, on our CARES page, we have it linked so you can find their website if that's easier for you to find it and donate that way. Um, as Ken said, their website is alznj.org if that's the easiest way for you to get to their website. Um, Another way, what we RPM Raceway is doing at the end of this month, we are hosting our third RPM Sim GP, which is a online streamed race where all of the proceeds from the racer signups will be going to Alzheimer's New Jersey. Um, and uh, Ken, why don't you take over why it's why it's important for people to donate because you know all sure. services are, sure. like you said, a hundred percent on donations, correct? Um, Correct. Yep. Well, and again, I, you know, community partnerships are so important to what we do. I mean, without our volunteers and without the, you know, the charitable contributions from, you know, from our, our donors, 
um, you know, we wouldn't be able to do any of the anything that we do and, and provide these really vital services that, you know, that caregivers really can't find, you know, anywhere else. Um, so I, you know, I want to thank, you know, RPM for, you know, for partnering with us um, in November for, for this fundraiser. And I also want to, you know, publicly thank, you know, all of our donors that have continued to support us. It's, we know how difficult things are. Um, you know, certainly the, you know, the economy is, is, is challenging um, in the face of COVID and COVID has become, um, you know, a big concern for all of us. But I think with, with all that, we can't forget that Alzheimer's disease is not going away, um, at least not, not today. Um, and at some point, hopefully in the, in the not too distant future, you know, we'll have COVID under control, but Alzheimer's will still be here. So the, the needs of our work based on the needs of the people in New Jersey with Alzheimer's disease that we serve is, is not only as great as it was, but it's actually even greater. And so that's why, um, you know, contributions are, are still important to us. And you know, what I've really said, and I particularly said this, you know, during our walk campaign, I, I cannot, I understand if people can't give what they may have given last year, but if they can give something, something, you know, is appreciated, something makes a difference. Um, and, you know, if you, I mean, obviously some people can't give it all, but if you can see your way to giving it, it's invested, you know, right here in our own state and, and is really put to, you know, not only good, but very vital and important use. All right. Thank you so much, Ken, for coming on. We appreciate you talking about the organization. Like I said, everyone, if you are compelled to help out, like Ken said, even if it's, you know, whatever you can do, you can use the link in our Instagram or uh, check your email. We sent out an email that has a link to donate if you wanted to say, you know, basically, your donations coming from a group at RPM. You could also go directly to their website, alznj.org, if you're interested in donating there or using any of their services that Ken has talked about. And please join us on November 29th. We are hosting our third SimGP. If you're interested in racing, the details, uh, racing in that event, the details will be coming out soon. Uh, if you're just interested in watching on Twitch, check us out there. Well, we will have a donation link up on our Twitch page that day to be getting as many donations by the end of the month that we can. Um, thank you, Ken, again, for coming and speaking with us. Oh, you're you're welcome. Thank you for, for having me as your guest. And again, thank you for, you know, for helping us, um, helping us to serve people in New Jersey with Alzheimer's disease through your charitable support. Much appreciated. All right, listeners, we'll catch you on the next lap.